This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 409 being recorded on July 20th, 2016. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. Uh It's more than halfway through the seventh month of 2016. Okay. I, um, I don't know why this came up. I had a conversation with somebody earlier today about how... Uh, you're old. Yeah, old, and when you're old, time goes faster so that you get older faster. It's funny how that works. And it's completely related to being in school. Okay. I, like, sure, uh, why not? Well, like, I don't have – like, I'm not worried about August 18th going back to school or something like that, right? Oh, so um, you mean you're, you're not so worried about specific – like, I don't have a specific time set goal like, oh, yeah. on this day my life will change because I'm going to be in school. And sure. then, oh, I'm really just going towards May where I get out of school again and I have all this time off. For, for us, it's just like it's just another day. Still no, not dead. I, you know, I, have, I have a different theory about that. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Um, yes. Okay, so like from when you were seven years old, it seemed like that was kind of forever because your 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 lifespan only was about seven years old from when you go from like seven years old to 18 mm-hmm. it again takes forever because you're going through all these changes you Ch- you you are changes. you are doubling your lifespan and more than that right and so everything seems like it it goes slower but then you go from like 32 to 42 <laughs> That's only ten years. That's a quarter of your life. It's a small, smaller chunk, but it, it might be a quarter it, of your life, my friend. Well, my <laughs> life, yeah. But. So everything kind of goes faster because your, your yep. point of view is that it's longer. So a year is actually shorter every year because it's a smaller fraction of your life. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so everything sucks as you get older. Got just it. the general exactly. depression Sorry. and tiredness. <laughs> you lost me at the beginning when you said once I was seven years old, and then all I heard was that song <laughs> for the rest of it. So, so uh, let's get to the really important questions of the week. How many Pokemans do you guys have? Zero. All of them. Ken, how many Pokemans? All of them. And by them all of them, he means I negative one. I caught them all. You did not catch them all. You are a dirty liar. How do you know? I don't know. Zero. My my Pokédex says um, oh, great. I have caught twenty nine Pokemon. Out of how many? How many of those are repeats? Uh, oh no no, that's twenty nine individual unique. How many ones. Pokemon have you fed to Pokemon to evolve Pokemon? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> I have ground. Yeah, I just up recently found out this whole cannibalism aspect of Pokemon. <laughs> it's great. called transferring. It's not. You call it what you want. <laughs> call it Soylent Green for all I care. I saw, it's, it's I saw a comic. Pokemon to Pokemon. I saw a comic about the transferring thing. It was pretty gruesome. Yeah, I mean, and like all you do is you sort them by their combat power, and you take the guys at the bottom, and you go, mm-hmm, "It sucks for you. It sucks for you. It sucks for you." Um, uh-huh. uh, my wife wa- and I want to be very clear about this about Pokemon Go. My wife made me play this. <laughs> oh, so it's her fault. It is. It is, and, and she will mm-hmm. admit this. Like she was playing it for several days before I played it. I was like, no, I'm not going to play that. I don't have time for this crap. Like, right. No. And, and I was as poo- you should have said, it, whatever. Yeah. And then she gave this line of, "Why don't you ever like things I like?" 
Oh, and I was Jesus like, oh, Christ. Okay, fine. I will download it and we'll go for a walk together with our daughter and we'll catch she Pokemon. She pulled that card on you. And now over it's like Pokemon. And now I'm like, where am I going to go to lunch today? Well, Cheddar's has a Pokestop <laughs> that is currently has an active lure. Uh, and I can drive right by Chewy's. That is another Pokestop. Meanwhile, get some things meanwhile there. the managers at Cheddar's. <laughs> digestion is acceptable when I eat there. <laughs> the manager at Cheddar's is punching in his credit card info to buy a bunch more lures. Oh, man. And just keep keep planting them. Yeah. Or whatever it's called. Uh, I thought we were to lure Pokemon, not players. I mean, uh. it just makes sense to buy the $99.99 collection of coins, right? It's the best value. <laughs> Why do you know this? When you, tells you when you go into the store, have like you, you have, have to you buy. No. Please tell me. No, you I haven't bought anything. Okay, good. But if you go yeah, there, like, yeah. like clearly you're going to run out of Pokeballs. That's the whole thing. They give you like a hundred balls first to catch Pokemon, but eventually you run out of them. You have to, you know. Get them at oh, so you can't. But you only get like three at Pokestops. Oh, okay. So you can potentially keep making those rounds, bro. Play for free. Yeah. You get a car, it drives itself. I've seen I've seen pictures of people on Twitter talking <laughs> just about autopilot. <laughs> it's autopilot again. He's just like, Yep, got that one. Got Is that there one. not an app for that built into the Tesla yet? <laughs> it's, That's true. It's it's just it just drives around eating the Pokemon. See, like I've seen pictures of screenshots of the game in like uh San, downtown San Francisco or down to like New York, Manhattan area, where it's like literally you can walk every block and there's another place to get more stuff. Here it's it's much more spread yeah. out. Uh, so even though my church slash new office will be a Pokestop, <laughs> I'll be able to go every Every day, awesome. And then I come back from lunch, and I can hit it again. And you know, downtown's pretty good. Is it downtown yeah. Cincinnati's pretty good for like, it, Ryan? Why are you walking around the block for the fifth time today? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get into uh, stuff uh, of the week. If you think we're creating good content, if you like what we're doing, if you think uh, the the shows we do are interesting, the videos we do are interesting, the articles we do are good uh, and solid and informative, you can support us directly through Patreon, and that's at Patreon.com/slash PC Per. Uh, which takes you to this page where you see all these friendly faces. And this is basically your avenue if you want to directly contribute to us, if you use an ad blocker or something like that, and or or if you don't and you just think, hey, these guys are doing good stuff and you want to support it, uh, you can do that here. Um, you can, if you want to, and, and I want to make sure everybody knows, if you just want to see Josh in a bathtub at any time, you can just go to patreon.com slash PC per, and you, this picture will always be available for you. Always. All right. Always be available for you. And if you make it to $3,000, we'll have a new picture in my totally redone bathroom upstairs. It, is, is there a amount of money I can pay to get that picture removed from the internet? There absolutely there is. Oh, yes. there's, a, there's absolutely a picture, uh, a payment for that. So, yep. Uh, and also, don't forget, if you make a contribution during the show while we record it, I will uh, announce your name and your either your increased contribution or your new contribution on the show, as I'm doing right now for my daddy, <laughs> who just <laughs> pledged a dollar six. So thank you to my daddy. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he's finally discovered he your podcast. just pledged a dollar six. Also worth noting here. Um, has, has nobody done Tree Fitty yet? Uh, I don't think so. Tree, yeah, tree, yeah, fitty tree fitty. Uh, yeah, I do we have, need about tree fitty. This is my confirmation email for some um, office space uh, for QuakeCon 2016. So I don't know if we've ever actually officially said it on the show, but we're going to go to QuakeCon. Yep. Uh, we'll be there. We'll have our hardware workshop on Saturday of the show. I think that's the 6th. August 6th, and it should be at 11 a.m. at the main stage. So um, we're, we're working through all that. I'm sending out emails for prizing and getting t-shirts set up. I think you're going to really like uh, the theme we're going with this year. I think it's very topical. And, it's going to be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, we may get yeah, hats we, we as well. We might get hats this yeah. time, um, but uh, we'll we'll have to, we'll see how that goes. So uh, that's uh, we'll have more information on that in the next week or so once I get pricing confirmed and and we get all of our graphics and stuff made for it uh we'll be ready to go so if you are in the dallas area or want to go to the dallas area in early august which will be hot um you're welcome to go and i think i'm going to rent a sweet toyota sienna although it turns out i can rent a brand new toyota tundra for a hundred dollars less for the week than a Toyota Sienna. We know we can fit in a tundra we know we fit and i know that we fit in a tundra yeah but it won't have a cover on the back True. Probably. Could, are you probably. worried it's going to rain? Well, on the drive to and from. Cardboard it, and I got some plywood. <laughs> I'm sure they'd really I mean, like we just make a makeshift I'm sure plywood. I'm sure they'd super appreciate They're renting that. a truck. I mean, what do they expect? Yeah, I'm going to go. Is, yeah. is the truck going to still have enough space for a giant thing of animal crackers? Mm, yes. Yes. And if yes. it does, I'm not going. Okay. Uh, Zach Attack pledged $6.66. <laughs> All right. I... He must be playing Doom. I uh, I will say, speaking of 666, I was at a church festival this past weekend. Where are you? And I was playing big card poker. Do you know what big card poker is? No. Were you putting on the church festival? No, not yet. I'll have my own church festival. We're we're almost there. Almost. Uh, But at big card poker, it's basically uh, tables of 10 people. Sure. And they deal you cards. It's just five card stud. Like, you know, you're not treating whatever. So what's so big about it? It's just – you just go there and you put a dollar down and then the winner – it's split the pot. Half goes to the church. Half goes to the okay. to the winner. And I was sitting there drinking beer, playing big card poker, and I won twice with three sixes <laughs> as my winning hand <laughs> at, church, at big a church card festival. Poker. And I kind of thought, yeah, there's probably something to be said for that. This is, this is because we're buying a church? I, I yep. guess. I guess. Nobody booed me off the stage. Did you so. just hear it? Yeah, it yeah. burned a little as they handed me. The, I still took those dollars. Don't you? Don't think I didn't take that five dollars. He took those dollars. Yeah. Uh, Arbiter edited his pledge from five dollars to nine ninety nine. Josh, nine ninety nine. <laughs> That's a very Thank excited you. one. I, I, I like Thank that. Thank you. One. All right, let's let's move on to other stuff. Uh, we have a contest going on PCPro.com, a killer contest, if you will. Uh, killer Networks, Alienware, and Logitech partnering together to offer up a pretty impressive prize pack here grand prize winner is an alienware r15 gaming notebook worth 1200 bucks all right that's pretty impressive and obviously it has killer networking uh wireless and i think wired as well um so that's courtesy of alienware and and alienware and killer and then five runner-ups will get a price pack of logitech g hardware a uh g633 headset a g810 keyboard and a g502 mouse that combo is worth 390 bucks total so Five people will win that, and then one person will win this laptop. If you just go to the main page, PCPro.com, and scroll down and look for the Killer Networks Alienware and Logitech Summer Giveaway, you have the uh, the ability to enter for that. So there you go. Now, as I flipped the, the screen too early on Ken, let's get into the content for the week. Uh, we're going to start with um, the GeForce GTX 1060, which I feel like we've talked about every podcast for like a month and a half. Really? Because they sent us the card like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. We were able to do like a preview thing. Well, now the reviews are actually out. So yep. um, the whole first page of this article is basically stuff we've already talked about, right? Uh, it's a GPU 106 GPU, 1208 CUDA cores, 1506 base clock, 1708 boost clock, 80 texture units, 48 ROPs, 6 gigs of memory running at 8 gigahertz, 192-bit uh, memory bus, uh, 192 gigabytes per second, 120-watt TDP, 4.4 billion transistor GPU. It is a full GPU-106 uh, with a starting MSRP of 249 Now, what's interesting here is if we look at it compared to the RX 480. Um, 
for example, like people get like to get hung up on specs. The shader core count, the core count is dramatically different between the two architectures, right? Okay. The NVIDIA part has 1280. The RX 480 has 2304. Do they work the same? Processors. No, they don't work the same. Okay. Clearly not. And also the clock speeds are very different, right? The NVIDIA ones are running at 1506 megahertz and the um, RX 480 players, 10 GPUs running at 1120 uh, you can see here there's other differences. The AMD part has more texture units but fewer uh, raster operators. They have four and eight gig varieties as opposed to NVIDIA's six gig. Okay. Um, but if you look at like raw memory bandwidth, the eight gigabyte version at eight gigabits per second has 256 gigabytes per second of memory bandwidth compared to 192. Okay. That's that's a sizable difference yep. actually. Yep. Um, and then we've already we've talked a lot about the Polaris power issues um, that have since been resolved. Uh, but at 150 watt TDP, the new GTX 1060 is 30 watts less than that, and in our testing, actually like it stays was lower. significantly below. Not yeah. significantly, but it is below the 120 the yeah. 120 mark. Yeah, it wasn't testing. like riding that number. Yeah. It was more like 100 ish. Yeah. So, the so the, the first page is kind of a summary of stuff we already know, and then and the second page is actually mostly summary of stuff we've already known because we've had the we've had the card. We talked about it not having SLI. We talked about it having a single six pin power connector. Um, this is the founders edition slash reference design that will only it's only being sold through Nvidia.com. It's fifty dollars more expensive. It's two ninety nine instead of two forty nine, and it is a limited run. It is a true virtual uh, release, meaning that. Um, <clears throat> It, this is acting as a reference design, uh, not just a founder's plus reference design. Sure, type they're, thing. they're eventually going to stop producing Correct. those, and then the board partners will keep making whatever yep. 1060s yep. they're making. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> this is something I like to do off the off the top as well in our reviews is we kind of look at clock speed um, variances. One thing I will say about the 1080, uh, the GTX 1080, is that its clock speed did kind of waver a little bit more than than previous. Uh, sure. NVIDIA architectures had. The 1060, we didn't have these issues at all. Uh, running uh, Unigen Heaven for 10 minutes at stock settings um, shows this result. Or the blue line is your clock speed. Yep. Uh, and it's it, it drops a little bit as the card heats up. Sure. As expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it v- is very stable at, uh, let me scroll down here and cheat, at about 1838 megahertz or so. And that's, that's uh, right total stock, everything stock. Everything like stock. didn't adjust yeah. anything. And the fans, uh, the temperature gets up to about 73C or so. It's okay. kind of where it levels off. Um, now, when we did our overclocking on it, which well, I'll talk about in a second, um, clock speeds were still very stable mm-hmm. under what I saw as like a quick initial maximum overclock. That was with a plus 200 megahertz offset on this. Wow. Which is, which is a lot. Now, the GPU temperatures are now getting up to 79 degrees Celsius, probably peak, peaking at 80. Um, but our average GPU clock went from 1838 to 2149. So actually, 210 megahertz faster it's pretty good. Uh, than that. And that's obviously, you know, we're using Precision X. We're kind of spiking up the voltage on the left-hand side. To, you know, we're peaking out the power target, that type of stuff. So this one also lets you do that custom mapping for the... Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, I forget what that, one, what that was called. I don't know. I don't find it incredibly useful, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I forget, but I do forget what it's called now. Somebody will remind me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's a significant amount of overclocking headroom on the, on the Founders Edition, on the reference card. So I have three other retail cards already in mm-hmm. the office that I'm trying to get through. So we'll see, like, if they see anything different. I'm going to guess that they're all going to be very close to the same. Yeah, because it's like you're, you're making, like, half the amount of heat. Compared to like a 1080, right? sure. So, but I mean, just in terms of like overclocking, the differences between the retail cards right, and right, that, right. And, it, and it 
you know, like the MSI retail card I have, uh, which we can go ahead and over to the next. Um, well, I'll scroll over here to this this page real fast. The uh, this MSI card, for example, is a 1060. It's got a huge PCB, completely custom PCB. It has an eight pin power connector. It's got a back plate. Um, I don't think it's going to be able to overclock that much more. We'll see. Okay. What it is, it'll definitely be a cooler GPU in terms of temperature, right? Than uh, than stock, uh, than than reference. But uh, uh, I don't think it'll overclock dramatically more. I think Nvidia's limiting of voltages is really where that bottleneck. Yeah, and those is. and those uh, other vendor cards don't necessarily unlock that any they further, do not. right? They, they have not since the 700, 600 series. Okay. I don't know. Six hundred let you do it. Yeah, I don't know. There was that one with the jumper on it or something that was. All yeah, but even then, it was still iffy um so and then we also have this evga card in which is a six pin it's a short pcb single fan design but it's still overclocked that's tiny out of the box by 100 megahertz that's not even the tiniest our our mini skews for the yeah 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 Yeah. um so we we got retail stuff to look at power consumption um obviously with all of the uh stuff about the rx 480 we had to spend a little bit more and get more specific on yep. the power consumption of the RX or of the GTX 1060. You want to make sure there wasn't the same problem that existed. Um, this is an interesting graph here. This might be a little bit too close, but the uh, the blue line here at the bottom is your GTX 1060, uh, and then the orange line is the 980 up here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yellow is the GTX 1070. Okay. Gray is the GTX 970, and green is the RX 480. This is in Rise of the Tomb Raider at 1080p under DirectX 12. Okay. So the 480 is similar to a 980. 480 is close. similar to the 980, and the 980 is a little bit higher. Uh, it goes a little bit higher as the GPU gets hotter. Yep. Um, but notice that the 1060 is well below. Yeah, it's running like 110. Like uh, if you look at the look over at the legend. Yeah. It's running at about 110, yeah. kind of peaking up to about 115 over here probably. But I find it interesting that both the 1060 and the 1070 are both under the other three cards in this comparison. The yeah. 970, the 980, and the RX 480. Yeah. I mean, clearly Pascal's efficiency is 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 more or less unmatched in, uh, in, in these results. And we see a similar thing here on, in The Witcher 3, right? Um, now, in terms of the detailed power consumption where we actually break down where the power is coming from, here is the Witcher 3 at 1080p. Uh, the white line up top is your total power. The green line is six-pin power yep. over the external power connection. And the red line is your motherboard, motherboard's 12-volt power. And if we uh, take a little zoom in here, you'll see that the red line is peaking at bel- between 50 and 55 watts. Okay. Right? Or so. Uh, maybe a little bit higher than that. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe up to 58 watts or so and we compare that to, that's actually a little bit higher than what we're used to seeing on nvidia gpus that is true uh usually they're more separated than yeah. that but it's still below below the, the 66 watt below the 66 and watt, below yeah. the oops below the current um limitation of uh uh oh, excuse me here let me figure out how i went back there um the current as well so this is metro last night 4k this was the, our worst case scenario in yep. our rx 480 testing you're looking at current or power this is power Okay. Um, now we do see spikes over 120 watts over its TDP, right? Up almost 125 watts, so mm-hmm. over it, but not by a whole lot. But if you look at the red line again of motherboard power, we're not hitting 60 watts. Any, we're not even getting up to 60 watts. We're still kind of at that 58, okay, range right there. Um, and then if you look at the current, which is kind of where the actual danger lies and the amperage yeah, the actual you get current, there. Yeah. the green line here is our um motherboard 12 plus 12 volt current 
And remember, the limit on through the motherboard through PCI spec is 5.5 amps. It's wobble all that. And this is, you know, maybe hitting 5 amps, maybe spiking up to 5 amps did here. Did it get, did it cross over it when you overclocked or not? Or um, like? It does. Uh, no, actually, so, okay, I take that back. Oops, what's going on here? Hey, screen, come back. Weird. Interesting. Um. No, if so, I did do the overclock testing as well. Yep. And in terms of, let's just look at the current graph for that. If we look at current, this is Metro Last Light 4K overclocked. That so is that's plus like the worst 200. Case. Worst case scenario, we yeah. could we could get out of it. Yep. The green line is again 5.5 is this line here, and it, it almost it. gets to it. Okay. There. So it's it's meeting the spec. Um, that's all we care about, right? Really. And yeah. and and that's obviously something we're going to be looking at. Uh, going forward so cool performance wise um i'm not going to step through all the benchmarks here i will say this in five of the seven games that we tested actual games the gtx 1060 was faster than the rx 480 okay in two of the games the rx 480 was faster than the gtx 1060 okay uh those two games were hitman in dx12 DX12 and um uh Gears of War. Boom. No. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Gears of War, also a DX12 title. Yep. Rise of the Tomb Raider is a DX12 title, uh, and then the NVIDIA card won in that one. The other one that's new and interesting, obviously we'll talk about a little bit, is 3D Mark Time Spy. In here, you'll see that the 1060 does beat the 480 by a very slim margin in this result as well. They're, they're pretty close. The 1060 is the top score. The RX 480 is, uh, is the bottom score there. Okay. So those are uh, your relevant benchmarks. My conclusion to this was that the RX, uh, that the GTX 1060 is the faster graphics card, um, because like in GTA 5, it's like 38 percent faster. Um, the that's 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 it's definitely its high point in terms of sure. in terms of performance gap there. Um, but it's you know 10 to 15 percent faster in those types of titles, whereas the uh, the the places where AMD is faster, it's five to ten percent or so in those two titles. Okay, so just on average, on, on average it. the 1060 is, is a faster card. I think I was expecting the 1060 to be a bit more faster. Okay, <laughs> over compared to the 4x uh, the RX 480 than it turned out to be. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see when we get our retail card testing done and our RX forty retail cards are start coming in as well to see how that comparison does. Now, again, we have the whole pricing debate. Founders Edition at two ninety nine is not where you want to go with this. The ten sixty at two forty nine compares very, very well, in my opinion, against the RX four eighty at two thirty nine. Yeah, assuming all these cards end up in stock again someday. Right? <laughs> that would be useful. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so for a ten dollar difference, a ten sixty in my mind is a slightly better option, right? Now, the argument is that, and we'll talk about this in the next story, that, that well, with DX12 and asynchronous compute, it's possible that the RX 480 might have better legs going yeah, forward. moving forward. If but... software is kind of built in that way to take advantage of it, uh, as we've seen uh, a couple of titles like Doom and Vulcan or... Uh, Especially Doom and Vulcan, which we don't have results in this article just because we can't, we can't frame rate Vulcan Doom. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, we can... We can use tools like PresentMon to get average frame rates, yeah. Um, but we can't do our normal um, frame rating like capture-based stuff because we don't have an overlay for Vulcan yet. I'm working on getting one. Yep. Um, in which case, then it will absolutely be uh, a part of the test suite, and yeah. it's possible we may need to throw it in there in an average. Fa- the problem is, is PresentMon is kind of 
It's not necessarily representative not of, what, of what you get from frame rating. Not necessarily, but it's also not super precise way of doing the testing because yeah. of the way you have to turn it on and off and things like that, and you have to cull a lot of data out of it and stuff. Yep. Um, Especially in the case of Vulcan Doom. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of throws the present mon results. So that's a 1060. I, I I'm excited about it. I think it's a really really good car for 249. But I'm more excited to test the retail cards in the, in, in the coming weeks. So cool. Are um, any of those retail cards actually going to be that lower price? The I have. The EVGA card is two forty nine. Okay, and the I have an ASUS card that was not pictured in the story, that is two forty nine, and then the MSI card that I showed was two eighty nine. Those are the MSRPs. Okay, we can check on stock at it. And then the and show, then the, the founders is three hundred two ninety two ninety nine. Yeah, but okay, it, so, but so it's there only cards, being sold at Newegg. There are at, cards sorry, that, at Nvidia.com. Yeah, there are cards that are going to be the, the yep. other price. Yep. Because I saw a lot of griping about like yeah, and the, people saying, "Hey, you're not going to find it at this lower price." But if that's that's a totally fair complaint, especially looking it, at the 1070 it, and the 1080s. Yeah, I I absolutely get it. But I think Nvidia is aware that at this price point. People are very much dollar conscious. Yeah, especially if right? it's fifty bucks out of yeah. If, if suddenly every card is two ninety nine. The 1060 is not a good purchase against the RX 480. Yep. Right at 249, it very much is. So, uh, I talked for a very long time about that stuff. Do you guys have any thoughts or uh, questions? I'm so happy. Now get that song out of your head. No, uh, I'm. I'm, okay. I'm finally we're getting more mid-range cards, and certainly the nine the RX 9 480. Too damn many. <laughs> yeah. Stinking. Yeah. Numbers. <laughs> The RX 480 is, yeah, it does look like a good card. I mean, it has little issues, but, you know, drivers can fix some stuff. And, uh, you know, it performs well. It's got 8 gigs of memory. It's got adequate, you know, uh, memory bandwidth. Um, you know, pulls a little bit more power, but not uh, extremely so. Not that you would notice. And, like, you know, plugging in a 300-watt, you know, R9-290X, uh, it's it's a nice change of pace that you can get right. that same kind of performance at, at half the TDP. But uh, this is it's kind of reminiscent of the uh, the old GTX 460. You yeah. know, we had this big monster 480s that nobody liked, and then suddenly the the, the 460 came and and it hit a really good uh, sweet spot of of uh, power and and performance and, and money. And this is you know this is this is right in the the meat of the market of, of the gaming market at 250 bucks. So yeah, you're going to see stuff, you know, going upwards of, of 299, and uh, you know the higher end MSI card is 289. Though I'm pretty sure that you know those those prices will degrade a little bit over time once right. they get back in stock. But uh, yeah, it's it's great to see 14 and 16 nanometer stuff hitting at these price points where you know a person who works in a department store, you know, yeah. Flipping I mean, burgers can can actually afford this card after you know being able to to save for a while instead of you know blowing it on a four hundred and fifty dollar ten seventy or a seven hundred dollar ten eighty. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a nice jump over the nine eighties, the two ninety x, three ninety x, and uh, all those old old cards. I just, that, I, 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 I was going to say I just checked now in stock and there were they're all out of stock now, but there were seven. GTX 1060 is listed at 249 or 259 oh, on wow. launch day. Now, they're out of stock. The only one in stock today currently, as we record this, is the Founders Edition of the NVIDIA Store for 299 <laughs> um, yeah. So take, take, take of that what you will, uh, well, NVIDIA. That's for the price they promised. 
It means yeah, his supply demand that. curve is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> So, uh, and when I look, just as a, a simple update, 1070s, there are lots of 1070s in stock now, but I still don't see any in stock that start with a three in their price point. Um, so that sucks. But hopefully, now that we're seeing so many in stock all the time, we'll actually start to see prices come down. Yep. And then 1080s, as I look today, there are two, three, four, five, six, seven in stock, but they're all 699 or above. So they're all Founders Editions ish. So let me let me ask you this: okay. when, when we're looking at the overall graphics world and and the current market as it stands, mm-hmm. do you think the lack of 1080s is indicative of yield issues that you know they disable portions of the chip to get it into TDP and and working range, or is the demand for a seven hundred dollar card that much? I. We don't have hard numbers. Well, so well, based not. on my this com- is why it's called speculation. Based well, sure. on my conversations with people, it's not because of yield issues. They are selling a lot of those cards. Yeah, my guess would be based on uh, uh, sales outlets comments to me and and board partners comments to me is that they are selling more 1080s than they sold 980s when they launched. Well, I mean, you've got a section of this market that's saying, hey, that's 300 bucks cheaper than a Titan. I'll pick that up. Yeah. They've been selling $1,000 GPUs for better part of, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. So, And, and they've been selling people holding on to their GTX 680s and <laughs> 670s. Yeah. And just, you know, hey, I'm going to put 10 bucks aside uh, every yeah. month, and, and I'm going to get the brand new card. And four years later, you got enough money. <laughs> <laughs> well, think. I mean, and think about that statement. Remember how successful the 980 and 970 were when they launched, right? Yeah. Remember, remember yep. seeing the the market share graphs when 970, <laughs> 980 launched, and like AMD and Nvidia kind of split after that. And if what I'm guessing is right, that they're selling more 1080s than they sold 980s, yep, that would be a significant thing. It's a lot of GPUs. It's a lot of GPUs with yep. high with high margins, like like high high. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the individual no, pricing points, like yeah. Yeah. ASPs, average selling prices. Yeah, uh, like that would be that would be significant for them. They have a fine like no Nvidia, nobody Nvidia is going to say anything because they're like in a financial quiet period. Remember when Raja was here, he couldn't say a whole bunch of stuff because they're in a financial oh, quiet of period like because of like getting ready for the quarter release or whatever. Yeah. So we may know more We're once about that their releases. Gap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there was a. We'll a couple of people in the comments asked about VR stuff because we didn't put VR specific results in this particular article. Yep. But you could pretty much you can actually go off of um, what was it the 1080 review we did where we had like 980 results mm-hmm. in there, uh, and you kind of combine that together with like so you got uh, RX 480 and the 1060 both kind of like on par 980 ish, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. So 980 was still fast enough. To go 90 FPS in even the most demanding title that we were trying to throw at the GPU. Yes. Uh, and that just kind of carries over, right? Yep. So you're actually good with 1060 or an RX 480 for most of the stuff that's out right yep. now for VR stuff. And ironically, probably only NVIDIA Funhouse being the taxing one. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> yes. 1060 Funhouse, is the min spec for Funhouse. But here's the thing. Funhouse is probably going to do SMP. Yes. That'll be the first thing. Yes. That comes out to do SMP, right? And that'll let that card mm-hmm. do more graphic work. I haven't tried it. Has anybody tried Funhouse on an AMD card? Will it run? It uses physics, so I'm going to guess not. 
I don't know. I don't know. Could run, technically, it could run on the. Yeah, same but game. it's more like one of those carnival games where you just keep throwing the ball and the th- nothing falls down. Oh, so it's even more when you realistic. Hit it on. <laughs> it's yeah, actually realistic. So, so yeah. aside from Funhouse, there's no other VR titles that we know of out yet that are going to take advantage of SMP. So you you pretty much still can call the 1060 performance for VR, you know, similar to what the RX 480 performance would be in VR because it's not. You know, aside that one game aside, it's not doing, you know, any new trick that has to be implemented. Right, right. Uh, just like how the Vulcan stuff has to be implemented in the game engine. Yep. So, all right. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Patreon. Terry Lee pledged three dollars to the Patreon. Thank you very much, Terry. And Alvin Malventano. Really. Pledged eleven dollars and eleven cents. Thanks, Alvin. Really. <laughs> That's what it says. I'll let have me... to call my cousin. Call, Alvin. call your cousin Alvin, Alan. Alvin Malventano plus eleven eleven. I don't have a cousin. That's pretty Alvin. good, actually. I could appreciate that. But yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, oh man. Okay, so let's talk about the other big story of the week. This is the release of 3D Mark Time Spy. Uh, it is a new benchmark from Future Mark in the vein of Firestrike. Uh, but this is uh, their first DirectX 12 benchmark. And it's first of all, let me say this: it's pretty looking. It's really good looking. Um, and I actually think it's just the demo itself is, is, is pretty impressive to watch. Um, so now it's built on DirectX 12. They take advantage of DirectX 12 features, one of which being asynchronous compute that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, and this is an interesting table. So they talk about how many vertices, triangles, tessellation patches, and compute shader invocations Firestrike had, which was their DX11 based benchmark. Okay. And they talk about how many TimeSpy has. Yep. Right. And it's an order of magnitude difference. Right. If you look at, um, uh, I don't know, more than that, actually. If you look at triangles, the maximum triangles in Firestrike Graphics Test 2 is 5.8 million. In Graphics Test 2 of TimeSpy, it's 14 million yeah. triangles. Well, not, you, that's you, not an order of magnitude. If you watch like, Time Spy, you can... It's more than 2x. If you watch Time Spy, you, you can understand where it comes from because there's an awful lot of crystalline, polygonal kind of stuff yeah. in there um, that's definitely doing some, like, a large number of polygon work. Right. Vertices is where you get your order of magnitude difference there. You go from 2.6 million vertices in graphics test 2 to 40 million. <laughs> In that one, right? And then, you know, this is this is this was the promise of DirectX 12 and Vulkan and Mantle and all these APIs, the capability to be able to do these things. Uh, I have some videos here. If you guys go to the story and check them out, you can see I had two GTX 1080s running an SLI, uh, running it at 25 by 14 at 60 frames per second, captured natively. So if you just want to see it run with kind of its maximum, somebody all right over there? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I got all kinds of dogs barking. I'll be right back. That's fine. Uh, and then we have the benchmark demo of it going as well. So now the interesting thing is this is the first – what is going on here? The, uh, this is the first test where it's very easy for us to enable and disable asynchronous compute in yep. the benchmark. Yep. Um, and so we use this opportunity to uh, essentially run the test with asynchronous async compute on and one with it off and then look at the differences, right? So I'm just going to scroll to those results here. And so here's what we see uh, with our NVIDIA results. The 1080 and the 1070 see between 55 and 6.5% performance advantage when enabling asynchronous compute. Okay. 
right? So the scores go up from when it's disabled to when it's enabled. There is there is some tangible benefit to having asynchronous compute enabled on Pascal architectures. That and is then, not the uh, case with Maxwell. Maxwell does nothing as expected. Z- minus 0.1% and plus 0.1% mm. change. That's a pretty small delta Mar- margin with, of error. within yeah. margin of error yeah. on the okay. 980 and the 970. Literally three points on the one test and five on the other. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like, yeah. Uh, not a lot. So that is... Uh, NVIDIA has said that the Maxwell architecture does not have asynchronous compute enabled in drivers. Okay. Right? It, like it but could supposedly they, physically do it, but they, they never... They have always stated that it would support it, but it's not enabled in drivers. Yeah. Here's my statement. If it's not enabled for this test today, it will never be enabled for yeah, Maxwell because it's already... It's the old generation now. Like It's, it's the old generation, and... When, when, when 3D Mark comes out with a test that uses asynchronous compute... Uh, yeah. You use asynchronous compute. Like, even if you think it might, like, you put every resource in it. This is a benchmark that is going to be immediately adopted by every technical reviewer out there, every uh, system vendor that's like specking which parts are going to put in their next laptop. Yep. And it's going to be used for years. Yep. There's still 3D Mark 01 cheats and motherboard biases. Right. Exactly. Same type (laughs) of thing, right? So (laughs) if it didn't happen here, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So uh, the argument of, uh, Maxwell has support for asynchronous compute. It's kind of over. Whether or not the architecture does, NVIDIA has decided it's not worth the software trouble to enable it. You know, they've talked about like sometimes when you enable it and if it's not implemented perfectly, it can actually cause performance yep. regressions. So for all, for all intents and purposes, it's not in Maxwell. Yeah. So now let's look at the AMD side of this, and we do have one SLI result. Uh, the Fury X increases performance by almost 13%, the R9 Nano by 11 and the RX 480 actually gets an 8.5% boost from having asynchronous compute. Enabled. Fury X went up that much. It's pretty good. Yeah, it did. So, I mean, these are impressive changes uh, on the AMD side, right? The RX 480 is kind of within spitting range of where the 1080 differences are. Uh, but it's pretty clear from looking at these numbers that the GCN architecture benefits more from the asynchronous compute implementation yep. in TimeSpy than the NVIDIA one does. Yep. Even with Pascal. And obviously with Maxwell, it doesn't matter. Um, so those were our results, and we talked about what that meant. Essentially, that um, uh, Maxwell asynchronous compute should should be dead to everybody. You might as well erase it from your memory. It never existed. It never happened. Yep. Um, th- but with Pascal, the argument was like, oh, Pascal doesn't have asynchronous compute, and we're showing that it does have asynchronous compute built into it. Yep. Right? Like we're, we're seeing an advantage there. Um, now, interestingly, the because this is the way the world works today. <laughs> when that was when those results came out and we saw those those differences, the new uh, predominant theory was that oh, you know, TimeSpy didn't implement the right kind of asynchronous compute, uh-huh. and uh, uh, Nvidia's architectures don't support parallel asynchronous compute. Which now, is what I don't know. Um, oh. So I have I have asked some specific people for. A defi- I wanted a clear definition of the difference between parallel async compute and, quote, async compute. Uh-huh. And they have said, sure. And I said, can I have it in the next 40 minutes? And they said, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried to do that before the podcast to, to aid in this discussion. But um, so to, Scott, to, to Scott wrote a story about this on the site, right, where the discussion was what – he basically describes to you what is asynchronous compute. Yeah. How does it work? Why is it implemented? What are the different queues? What are the different command lists? How do, you know how is it a thing? Uh, you know he references our 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 performance results here, and um, it was even enough. 
it was even a, a complicated enough issue that FutureMark felt the need to publish on their site a an editorial blog post, whatever you want to call it, looking at asynchronous compute as well. Yep. Like, hey, this is how we implemented it. Here's how Microsoft describes it in DirectX 12. Here's how these queues work. Here's how these command lists work. Uh, uh, here's the difference between direct compute, direct uh, compute and copy queues and command lists. Um, Here's how we implemented it. Here's what effects we used. That you know, they're talking about particle simulation, light culling, yep. environmental reflections, which there are a lot of because yep. of all the glass panes yep. In, yep. in the thing. Unshadowed surfaces, horizon-based ambient occlusion. They talk about here's their their queue usage. They they show you yeah, a like that's what their diagram. That's what of their like, benchmark is doing. Here's here's how the workflow works. Here's where the weights go in to yep. do the synchronization. Uh, and, and after the fact, and they talk about what the tasks. Do they even walk through like GPU view? results to show you like here's a 970 there is one queue uh-huh. that is populated yep. by work to be done yep the bar at the top in it um and yeah here it is a closer up like so this is a queue yep. and then these three gray bars are empty queues yep that the 970 is not filling right here's the fury x uh right here and you can see that all like it, these two queues even though there's not a whole lot here you get like a little blip of purple and then more like it's filling two queues of work and here's the 1080. It also has a top queue and a compute queue yep. down here, right? So it, it is they're running them similarly. Now the accusation we actually posted um, a oops wrong story here. Um, I did an interview just today, like literally a few hours ago, with uh, the director of engineering from FutureMark talking about hey, um, this is the guy that wrote that post. Right. Yes, wrote yeah. most of it. Most of that post. Yeah. So, so he's got a bit of an idea of what this is all about. Yeah, yeah kind of knows what he's talking about. Not much, about. but... And, and it's actually a really good interview. It's 21 minutes, 22 minutes long, and we talk about, like, why they decided to use async, uh, what the process was, um, and that, like, this is this whole company's job. They do one <laughs> thing. <laughs> they make benchmarks. They make... And, like, 3D Mark is the one that they make money off of, probably, yeah. right? Um, and so he's like, he was very adamant. It's like, we don't just like do shit just because. Yeah. They're not operating in a vacuum. That was one of the, like the big takeaway was that like, look, like we're trying to do this in the way that we view like the typical game developer would do it. Right. Cause like, and they didn't just think about it. They asked game developers. Yeah. Yeah. Like they talked to game developers, not only just game developers, they talked to NVIDIA. They talked to AMD. Talked to Intel. Like all those companies, they (laughs) talked to Intel, right? I mean, Uh, it's kind of laughable when it comes to GPU stuff, but like still, they talked to Intel, right? Because they they got a mobile benchmark. Why not do it? So, um, you know, it's like, and not only that, but if you just think about it, just like, okay, you have game developers trying to make their games, right? They have teams of guys making their game engine to do their thing, right? So do the 3D Mark guys. Yeah. Right? So do these guys, right? They have to actually implement the thing into the benchmark. They have to put coding time into it, mm-hmm. right? So they have to make the same kinds of decisions on, well, how can we optimize for, you know, op- feature X or feature Y or feature Z? And does it only apply to this one card or does it apply to all cards or things like that, right? They have to make those same decisions on programming time right? Uh, to, to put stuff in. And but they're also getting feedback from all the vendors, from all the GPU makers in along that process. Like they're looking at their source code. Yep. Like AMD is looking at the source code for this thing. Yeah. AMD and NVIDIA both like vet the source code yeah. for these benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm sure that they're not 100. Neither of those is 100 percent happy about how everything is implemented. But that's right. always going to be the case. That's how right. you're supposed to do it. Yes. Yeah. Accurately. I, I they mean, just that, look for the code that detects if it's an NVIDIA GPU and says, wait. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pause. Wait, ten seconds. Wait, wait a, a minute. minute. We don't want so that code in there. It's it was an interesting discussion because apparently the accusation against the FutureMark benchmark was that they're not using the right kind of asynchronous compute. Yeah. Right. Or they're not using it fully. It's not the parallel type. It's preemptive compute. That's, that's racist. And, so wait. So okay. So along the lines of this parallel thing or whatever, just to clear something up, can Pascal do like two different kinds of workloads spread amongst its cores at the same time? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like so that sounds like parallel here, to me. Here's the problem: Nvidia will not be very specific about its asynchronous compute implementation. Okay, and the reason that is, and I I believe this is that the AMD implementation is better. Okay, it's yeah, because they've got the four ACE units at the yep. right at the beginning of the pipeline. Exactly. So they're asynchronous, yeah. compute and they've got two hardware execution. schedulers on Polaris now. Yeah, right. They, they have implemented asynchronous I mean, compute better. Yeah, because they've been at Nvidia it for did. longer, and, and they've, they've definitely they, yeah. they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. But and Nvidia just kind of injects code in the middle of <laughs> workloads into their execution units, and and I think that that's probably more driver controlled than it is hardware. May, yeah, do you maybe, get that impression, Ryan? I I don't know. Right, like, kind of, yeah. I guess, kind of. I mean, um, you're going to have to have some hardware in there to yes. do that. To, you have to, to hardware has of, to allow that to occur. Yeah, right. Yeah, it can't be all software. But you got to re, re entirely redesign the front end mm-hmm. um, of 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 that to be able to do what AMD has done with the async yeah. compute. And, and, they've, and they've done that because they've been at it for longer. Here's Makes sense. This, I, 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 when we were talking about this before the show started, I said, it, it reminds me a lot of all the NVIDIA people talking about how much better tessellation was on mm-hmm. Kepler and Maxwell compared to GCN. And yeah. it was absolutely true. The tessellation performance and capabilities on NVIDIA GPUs is superior to what GCN can do. Yep. However... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't <laughs> freaking matter yeah. what that one sub uh, subsystem can do individually, yeah. unless you have a specific task that is only looking at subsystems. Like, games don't do that unless you're playing Crisis. Yeah, how too. many games really use tessellation to that extent? None. Well, there were some that were accused of using too much because they were cheating well, for NVIDIA, right? Crisis 2 yeah. was tessellating the water yeah. map underneath the well. But they said it was a bug. Yeah. Whether or not it was or not, you know, okay. you can leave that up to, to somebody else. But, but like, it, at the end of the day, this, the, and the, the end it, result matters. It's the, it's the, does the game play better on card A or card B? Yeah. And even taking into account Maxwell, that doesn't support asynchronous compute. If the 980 is still faster than the 290X and it doesn't have asynchronous compute and the 290X does, if the performance and result of the 980 is still better, then it's still a better card. Yeah. Regardless of what the subsystem bullshit happens to say. Now, you can move goalposts all you want. As, as a fan or as a supporter of one side and you can kind of change what the argument is and th- there's just always going to be things that one architecture does better than the other. AMD's architecture is more granular. It, yeah. it was more apt to have bubbles so it was more apt to have those bubbles removed and improve efficiency dramatically. And bubbles are gaps in the Bubbles in the are queue. gaps in kind of workload you yeah. know, and like keeping the GPU busy. Yeah. Yeah. Time where the GPU is idle or just not doing so anything. So if yeah. you have more I shaders, play. it's more granular we talked about the 2304 versus the 1280, right? Yep. And so there's more room for improvement on AMD side. They're yeah. taking advantage of it, and it's working very well for them. It is. But to make some kind of – or to come into our story or come into videos or other people's reviews and just say, 
still doesn't work. Not parallel async compute. NVIDIA failed. Not, blah, th- blah, blah, not blah, thick blah, enough. It's like the like, Sam Breakstone. Oh, it just breaks my <laughs> head. And then I get people tweeting me videos uh, about saying that, that reviewers like us are like artificially picking games that favor NVIDIA over one of the, the whole it's just it's gone too far like yeah. it just needs to settle down like pick the game you want to play we, we had a, if you're if you're if you're playing doom go look at doom benchmarks and and boom, yeah, play that we did if you're a playing separate, witcher 3 we did a separate video on doom vulcan stuff yeah it's right? not enough like we did that it's not enough it, but the reason it's not in this in that 1060 article is because of we it, we're doing like all the games in there are frame rated yeah we can't frame rate that yet that's why it's not in there. Yeah. Like, if we could frame rate it, it would have been in there. Yep. Simple as that. So, it, I don't know. Well, I don't, honestly, this is like, we'll never know what asynchronous compute actually is and who is implementing it in what way specifically. <laughs> like, it, it, is my, it is my belief that there is, NVIDIA as a corporation has to know, there is no benefit to them to explain how they do how their... they do asynchronous compute yeah. or don't do it or whatever you want to call it. there's right. no benefit to them at this point all they will do is shit on themselves yeah or allow people to do that to them right but they what do they, have it what they need to do <laughs> is point to performance numbers and say yeah uh yeah but right this is what they've been doing for the past 18 months yeah uh okay cool but numbers yeah Okay, uh, cool, but sales right like that and, that's their only and even in, even in time though do. the AMD results do improve by more with asynchronous, asynchronous compute. Yes, AMD. Yeah, they do. Like, I mean, I don't even. I, I don't understand, understand the argument. The, like, the, yes, the, AMD's implementation of async is better. Hence, the plus more percentage. Like, number. did they did they expect it's going to magically <laughs> instead of going eight percent better, it's just magically going to be like fifty percent better because they did this other thing? Like, I don't know. The, the bubbles are only so big in the first place that they're removing right. with this async. Like, async compute doesn't magically make the the GPU like process more raw. We've got to get more raw performance. Yeah. Right? Doesn't make the clocks go up. Doesn't make more cores appear. Right? All it does is make it more efficient. There's less wasted time. There's less like context switching kind of stuff going on. There's less time where you're, you know, oh, this frame's done. Uh, okay, now send to the, you know, get the next frame going. Right. Like th- that's a gap, right? That's a bubble in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in, the, in those no, plots, no, no, no. right? So you can only get so much better at it. Like, you know. Yeah, but think of all of the AC compute that Half Life 3 is going to have. And don't you want to I play Half Life Three? Well, I, I think I think the problem is that a lot of people are going off of the Doom Vulcan thing, and they're not considering that maybe the OpenGL thing wasn't optimized the best on AMD in the first place, or maybe yeah. there's some other reasons that it looks so much better. I mean, yeah, but it's not. You can't just take that percent gain and go. Yes, every DX12 game in the future is going to have that percent boost on AMD. Yeah, but AMD like, has been essentially developing Vulcan drivers for. Three years now? Right. Yeah. That's where they put all their eggs, and they deserve to get the gains in Vulcan that they're getting. They absolutely deserve it. But my, my point, though, is that I think Doom is a, not the example to go off of that every game is going to do that percent delta. Yeah, we'll see. You know. Hey, it's kind of like uh, back in the day when the K62 came out, and they had the special uh, 3D Now Quake 2 patch. It's improved true. performance depending on two Cheated. type levels. Cheated. But that was the quack. only damn game that ever utilized it. Quack Quake. That's what it was. No, you're talking that's it's Quake 3 and I'm nuts. I know, <laughs> I, know I, I know what game it was. I'm just saying they were cheating. That's all it was. 
Uh, <sighs> all right, let's. You know who doesn't cheat you? you know who, yes, thank you, Ken. You Matrox. Know who, you know who doesn't cheat you? I don't want to be cheated out of sleep. You don't want to be cheated out of sleep. Sleep is very important. Even you know how many comments I get in YouTube videos about the circles under my eyes. <laughs> Even with this, even mattress. with my, ma- my daughter, <laughs> I'm gonna save all of these and send and send them to her. Right? If it weren't for my Casper mattress, I'd probably come in looking dead. Yeah. Right. He used to. I well, I did. I, I always thought it was the makeup that made you look more lively. Uh, I, I, you know, people laugh at me when I try to say I'm gonna put on makeup, but I think maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna do the cucumber thing on the eyes. I'm gonna try that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so this episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is obviously sponsored by Casper, guys. Uh, they are an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. Uh, they're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings on to the consumer. That's you, the consumer. Uh, the benefits of Casper include being an obsessively engineered mattress at a fair price. Obsessively engineered things are pretty good. Obsessive fanboys are not but no. obsessively engineered mattresses are a positive yes. in my life. Uh, they combine two technologies, springy latex foam and a supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right of sink and just the right amount of bounce. Sink and bounce is important sink and bounce. to my life. Uh, breathable design, sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. I got a Casper mattress. It's actually uh, not only is it just it, a cool process to do it, it is a life-changing thing. Um, well, it was life. Ch- it was timely as well because of me having the kid right about the time I got this mattress. Right, um, you just first of all, my favorite thing of it is still the fact that my wife gets out of bed in the morning when she has to go to work at six a.m. and doesn't wake me up anymore because it doesn't shake your. There's part no of your springs. Side of the bed. It doesn't shake the rest of the bed. Like the dogs can jump up and down on the bed. Other than their collars making noise, the the movement does not actually affect me. Um, it is it is an incredibly comfortable bed, uh, and the best part is. Uh, you could buy it out online. You could try it risk free. You could sleep on a Casper mattress for a hundred day period, so you don't have to like go to a showroom and sit there awkwardly with, you know, trying to take your pants off and your shirt off, so you can actually feel comfortable <laughs> like you were actually going to sleep. I know this is how Josh bought his last mattress. Um, um, sorta. <laughs> uh, so you can you can you can buy a mattress. They ship it to your house. You get to try it for hundred days. If you're if you don't like it, you call them and they take it back. You don't have to put it back in the little box, but they come and take it from you. All right. So there's so there is that. Uh, so Casper's mattresses are made in the USA. You get free shipping and returns in the US and Canada. You can get a Casper mattress for five hundred bucks for a twin or nine hundred and fifty dollars for a king size. And if you compare that to industry average, that's an outstanding price point. Plus, you can save fifty bucks towards a mattress purchase by going to Casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. That's casper.com slash PCPer, promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions apply. We thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. Well, it was one of, my, uh, one of my friends on Twitter, a guy named Peter. He talked to us about that and wanting a new mattress. And we gave him the code, and he ordered it, and he was extremely pleased. At least he used our code, right? You did say we he did. used the code. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Saving 50 f- bucks. And the fact that it supports asynchronous sleeping is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You can two people can sleep on it at the same time. One can get up and go to work. People to and not bed, disturb you'll the sleep other. Even better. It's like there's two cues. <laughs> I have two dogs to sleep in the bed sometimes. So that's like four cues. Four cues. Oh wow! Four cues. Yeah. <laughs> that's very asynchronous. And the dogs sometimes they stay in bed when everybody's up. Yeah. So. You know. They're still doing that work on the bed, if you know what I mean. Let's talk about uh, a couple. This is the Sebastian corner of our podcast. Oh, he's not God. on the show. He's not going to do that. He's not on the show, uh, so we can run through him really quick. 
Oh. Uh, but these are actually really good reviews. I wanted to at least mention them and, and tell people on the podcast to go uh, to go read them. The Rio Toro Prism CR1280 RGB Full Tower Enclosure. I never remember the word enclosure when I'm trying to think of a synonym for case or chassis. Yeah. Maybe now I will that I've okay. said it out loud. So uh, this is a brand new uh, uh Taker to the to the case market, right? It looks Brand mean. new. Th- uh, looks the, what? Is that looks mean? Is the bottom half darker? Uh, Toro. It's, it's just lighter. Rio Toro. Oh, it's just so mean. yeah, the okay. Toro here is the kind of the bull logo. Uh, I know a lot of the people that are involved in this that came from other uh, companies that made cases. Um, so they they put together a pretty good product. It's actually decent looking. It's it's good looking and it's and it's decently priced and and it's got some pretty interesting features. Um, you can see kind of the the layout here. Is that this tempered shot. glass? Uh, I don't know the answer or is it to plastic? that. Let's see. It's like plastic. plastic, steel, aluminum, plastic. plastic. For a minute, but it's on the top too. The light. Oh, it is on the top. You're right. You're right. Um, I like the like the kind of the front grill there. Just it's all like no optic. I'm a fan of getting rid of optical drives. That should be obvious now. I know yep. Josh is not, but I'm a fan of getting rid of optical drives. I'm fine with a USB external when you need it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, and when you need it. And so you can see here on the front, you got your fans, you got your uh, uh, bull logo there, and then you've got this this RGB control. You get your power button, your RGB button, uh, two fan speed setting buttons, uh, and you've got four USB, which is nice. Where's uh, my turbo button? Um, <laughs> I think this reset button is a little bit too large for my taste. Oh, that's the whole reset button. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna try to plug in a USB stick and oh, all my stuff. I was worried. <laughs> you know what? I think. I think we should make it a. This is gonna be part of my QuakeCon speech. You everybody, need a little. You need a little lift. Plastic. Everybody, should, everybody should disconnect the reset button. Oh well, sometimes you need it. What do you need it for? Hold down the power button. Resetting. Uh, that's true. If if you ain't got time for that. If if, <laughs> it, I mean, like, what's happening that you have to hit the reset now? Now, if a virus is actively. <laughs> Maybe infecting your you've system. Got and crypto it's, locker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you've got like a move, like it's like a movie scene where oh no, I need to, oh, I need, no. I need to turn off now. And if you have to hold the power button for three <laughs> seconds and it finishes its infection before it shuts uh-huh. off, then I could see that maybe being a problem. But other than that, I think reset buttons should be gone. Optical drives gone. Yeah. Reset buttons gone. Yeah. Or behind, I think you're a communist. <laughs> behind like the acrylic switch, like you know, like on a on some a, motherboards have reset buttons on the back plate. What? No, that's for BIOS reset. No, there's some. There's some. Oh no, there's BIOS. Something like, yeah, Jeremy knows. What? Yeah, like Jeremy my X58 still no. for some reason it has a power and a reset button on uh, the motherboard well, itself. That's, that's why. That's why I still remember because yeah, it's X58. Not the back <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't seen those boards in like a decade, guys. <laughs> it's getting pretty close. <laughs> it is. I like the way the top of this case looks, though. Um, that's another uh, plastic. Yeah. Uh, window in there, but I do like the way it looks. Sorry, that and you've got the multiple kind of bays and modules, uh, or not modules, but air, multiple air, bays. Air inside. filter at the bottom, of course. Which, which air filter at likes. the bottom. You can see the inside there. They're, they're separated though, so you pull one out from the front and one out from the back. Ah, uh, damn it! Uh, so it's half ways. good. You know what I'm saying? It's half good, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I mean, it's it's got a good design. It's got the magnetic uh, filter up top. Uh, if we can see Sebastian's hand modeling mm. there. Ooh. You think that's you think that's his hand or his wife's hand? No, it's his. You think he's going to be upset? I think it's his kid's hand. You think it's because he's upset if we're questioning it either way? It's Mm. actually he he hired a homeless man cleaned up his hand. (laughs) His his nail beds are quite nice. Wash your hands. You got to do some pictures. Uh, 
So here's the back. Very nice. And uh, a burrito. Ooh, look, they got like a, a nice Rio Toro logo on the back there yeah. as well. So all I really want to see is this page. With it all lit up. Boom. Whoa. So it's RGB. Sebastian took all these pictures individually, by the way. These are not. Of course uh, did. This is not stock photos. So you can see all the different colors here. You got your red, your orange, yellow, your green, your teal, your white. Is your it just the front logo? Purple that fuchsia the and blue. Uh, and also, like, the stuff around the buttons up top. Okay. And the fans. And, and the, fans. the fans change. Yeah, right. so there we so, go. Let's get a better idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, better. no, it is not just the front. Oh, uh, okay. But a very, very good photography work. This is not stock footage. No, no. He, he, he was... Got that beer. We had a discussion about that. Maybe the picture was too good and that people would think that it was stock Oh. Photography. So we have so to disclaim it very so, carefully. Yeah. So he didn't we hire just that, put Sebastian's Air Peak Studios at the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's what the PC Respective logo is hopefully to do. Uh, hopefully, hopefully people wouldn't watermark stock photos. Uh, I bet people do, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so we got some of the results here in terms of uh, CPU temps above ambient. It's pretty pretty good with liquid cooling. Liquid. Uh, with air, it's eh, it's okay. I mean. Yeah. It's at the bottom of the of the list with air on it, so that's actually pretty impressive. GPU temps uh, about the same. Yeah, it does yeah. it does pretty well. Now on noise levels, where are we at, Jeremy? Ooh, okay. Hence the trade. Can't hear you, Ryan. Yeah, hence the trade off. Oh, it is God. louder uh, than uh, than the rest of the cases. It's well, it's because most of it case. is like basically transparent to sound, so it's just kind of transparent to light. Even you might say. Uh yeah. $149 on Amazon. Um, so, uh, you know, a little bit pricey, but still, I think, kind of think within range of uh, of a lot of other things out there. He liked it a lot, gave it a gold award. News, noise, news levels were higher due to vented front panel. News levels. Yeah, otherwise, news. there's noise levels. Uh, and the price was a little bit there. But quality construction, spacious interior for large components, Josh. Exit cable uh-huh. routing, exit storage, good cooling support. RGB letting is well implemented built-in fan controller. I would put as a negative giant ass reset button as well on there. <laughs> uh, and then the next Sebastian story is the Wraith CPU cooler. Um, Josh, did you actually have one of these in? Well, I have the non-glowy one, non-glowy but otherwise it's the same one? same fan. There's a glowy it just one? doesn't have the uh, the shroud over it. Oh, okay. And uh, okay. I replaced. Um, <clears throat> No, it performs exactly the same. It just doesn't have oh, okay. the shroud and, and the glowy LED on it. It's but it's the plane. same cooler, same fan, same RPM. And uh, I replaced a, uh, a self-contained unit with that. Hmm. And it it did warm up a little bit as compared, but it's so much quieter. Huh. It's uh, it, it cools still really well. But, you know, Laramie isn't exactly a hot spot when it comes to local well, sure. weather. So this, I mean, this result is actually pretty good. On an AMD FX 8370, uh, it, it's a little bit better than the Cooler Master Hyper 212 Evo. But yeah. this is a cooler that comes with your processor if it's you buy good. one that, that does it, obviously. Uh, if you look at the older AMD thermal stock solution, we're talking 13 degrees C difference under load. <laughs> yeah, and a whole lot quieter. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, here we go. Noise levels from 48 to uh, 44, so... Still louder than the Evo, but still, yeah, still louder than the Evo. Evo has a significantly larger fan, so it can run at a lower RPM. It's a larger heatsink in general, too. So, uh, and but the overall, pretty impressive. Oh, I see what you mean by the lighty up one. Okay, I didn't see the uh, illuminated logo before. Mm-hmm. It, the, one of the things with the Wraith is that the fan, like it's always the same volume, right? 
Uh, yeah. okay. No. I thought it ramps. Because he has a, a little video. Bit. He has I a video not as much as the old speeds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he does, ha- he does have a video embedded on the top of the second page that ramps uh, from 1700 RPM to 3000 RPM if you would like to take a listen. Mm. Yeah. I will have to. It's very well uh, white balanced as well video. I yes. Say. Yes. With good audio. From Sebastian. Really good audio. Yeah. You would ex- yes, exactly. You would expect that. Uh, so it offers the Wraith with uh, the 8370, the A350, 6350, and the A1078. 90k so processors range from 139 to 190 or 206 so i mean it's pretty good to get a what's a, a hyper 212 viewer worth 30 bucks on amazon it's about 39 bucks 40 yeah okay 29 yeah, to 30 so, i mean that's that's good on them and it's the exact opposite of what intel did which is no more which, them out of the box. which is no more eliminate the problem there yeah and their thing people complaining about our coolers no more coolers for that's you right, just Rip that shit out. We don't have money to engineer new coolers. <laughs> they did that with their Xeons a few generations ago. Well, kind of pissed me off since I had just ordered 44 of them for a build, only to discover when they all showed up <laughs> that none of them came with heat sinks. Should any research? Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, a Patreon update. Josh Walrus pledged five dollars and 99 cents <laughs> this is gonna be a thing now 599 uh dimitri right. dimitri not from hardware canucks pledged four dollars <laughs> and 80 cents uh so so thank you very much for that and uh take your reasoned analysis and gtfo just edited their <laughs> pledge from 51 dollars to 59.99 Take, <laughs> nice you. Song. Take your, your reasoned, reasoned analysis, analysis and GTFO. Yeah. Yeah. 55. I think Thanks, I know who Jim. that is, Thanks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for that. That's awesome. Um, run through these news items real fast. Details emerge on Intel's upcoming Cabby Lake and Apollo Lake powered nooks. Jeremy, anything stand out in here to you on this? Or is it just. We always. Well. Go ahead. The Babby Canyon is the Cabby Lake. The, the what? The, the Babby oh. Canyon. Oh, Babby oh Canyon? that's an awful is name. Is the Cabby Lake. How is Babby Canyon formed? <laughs> yes. Wait, no, no, that's that's terrible. <laughs> baby Canyon? <laughs> Do you slip out of your mama's Baby Canyon? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, they really must have fired all of the marketing people at Intel. Oh, huh? Somebody screwed up on that one. Wow. Baby, baby Canyon. Those babbies are formed in the Babby Canyon. will never be the same. <laughs> baby This canyon. is my new favorite computer. And that's the big one. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Core i7, Core i5 is Baby Canyon. Oh man! Oh my God! Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so yeah, Arches uh, Canyon nowhere near as funny. No, no, Sadly. you're right. What? So what uh, else? Oh, what dear. else do we have to, to talk about except for the name? Well, the, the, I mean, the names are, are just incredible. <laughs> Josh can't get over it. He's turning purple over there. Oh, man. But they're, they're both the same sort of uh, knuck that you're used to. So, yeah. like, uh, 115 mil by 111 by 51 mil. They're, they're absolutely tiny. Uh, metal construction with a plastic overlay. Uh, Looks like Type-C. Yep. Are there Thunderbolt? Un- or both of them. Type-C. Um, oh, there's a Thunderbolt logo on the thing. <gasps> That's the uh, baby canyon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you see this? <laughs> what? What is that rolling uh, rolling shutter? 
It's not. Do you see that on here? Look at this screen, Alan. Do you see that? Rolling I, shut. I, oh. Stop doing that, please. That's, listen, you're that's going your to make screen. the viewer sick. Then your screen is doing the rolling shutter because huh. it's and now it's from the top to bottom. Yeah, I don't, all yeah. laptops do that, Ryan. Yeah, but Arches Canyon will be the Apollo Lake, so okay. a little bit slower. Uses DDR3 uh, and no Thunderbolt support. Yeah, yeah. It does have the USB 3.1 though, so I, it's still pretty good. <laughs> It just can't fit as many things in as the other model. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room says Baby Cannon is greater than Baby Canyon. <sighs> hmm. uh, no? Uh, I don't know. That'll be next year's model. All right. Maybe. Uh, we have a rumor of NVIDIA's next generation architecture Volta oh, will be God. built on the same 16 nanometer process Already? tech. Uh this doesn't surprise me, Dust. Does it surprise you? The same as Pascal? Is that what that you mean? it would be no. on 16 and not 10? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, certainly we, we have some, some movement on 10 nanometer. But the jump from 28 to 20 was obviously problematic and didn't and work And long-winded. Out. Yeah, and the jump then from 28 to 16 and 14 is still, it's, it's in its infancy. I mean, we can, we can, I was, uh, you know, thinking of, of an editorial of, of writing, comparing, contrasting Samsung's 14 nanometer and TSMC's uh, 16 nanometer products, and we still don't have a whole lot of data on them. But these are some of the first really large mass produced ASICs. I mean, certainly we've had ARM chips that have utilized these processes in the past using uh, the, the early processes, LPE, and uh, from Samsung, and I can't remember. Uh, I think it's just LPP, not the LPP plus. Again, too many damn acronyms. Are you down with LPP? (laughs) Yeah, you know me. me. Uh, But these are still relatively new. And Volta is supposed to be coming out seven to eight months from now. And there's just absolutely no time to to, to even think about 10 nanometer at this point. Because that is still so incredibly early. We're going to get some early samples of more basic parts. I know ARM is... Is talking about 10 nanometer, uh, but it's going to be a 2017 part. And if you think about it, the Samsung Exynos and uh, the Apple, um, what, A9X? Yeah. That were both 16 and 14. They came out last spring. I mean, what, spring of 2015. And we're only now seeing GPUs uh, released at the beginning of the summer that utilize 16 and 14 nanometer products. And it's just, I think it is a bigger hurdle to get larger, higher-powered products out of these processed nodes than we have seen in the past. And certainly, you know, with ARM, you're not as worried about TDP and, and power because you're you're looking at envelopes uh, in between, you know, half a watt to, you know, five watts, maybe 15 watts at, at the most. And uh, that's a big difference uh, from 120, 150, 170-watt GPU that consists of up to 8 billion tra- what is a 1080 is it 16 billion or is it 8 wait uh, say it again transistor 1080 cap. transistor oh, cap uh it's 8 8 okay yeah so it's p100 that's the, the yeah that's 16 the, six, yeah, yeah, the yeah. monster yeah yeah so it's a it's a huge difference there we're just not ready for 10 nanometer it's it's My and not only ready. that but TSMC is going to be improving their 16 nanometer product they're probably going to do a few things to, to save some space to make it a little bit smaller uh, and more in line with what uh, Samsung does with 14 nanometer. But a lot of the improvements are also going to be coming in in materials, 
how they're laying down those materials and how effective they can make those transistors switch at at power levels that uh, you know currently they wouldn't be able to do but eight months down the road you're going to be able to do some some more interesting things very cool uh, if you guys were looking for the best possible place to get your DirectX 12 and Vulkan implementation, where would it be? The best place? Yeah, where would you want to see it immediately? Uh, for me? Uh, apparently stuck on the side of a dolphin? For me, it's it's GameCube. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, RetroArch announces, announces Vulkan API support and asynchronous compute support for Dolphin Emulator. Uh, it's been an ATI conspiracy all along. Dolphin Emulator also announced DirectX 12 support. They only just recently discussing working uh, with the open alternative Vulkan. Looks like LibRetro developer community will beat them with an update to RetroArch and the LibRetro API. This page exists, according to Google, uh, but 404, so it should be coming soon. Um, they also claim their Vulkan port of Angry Lion makes use of asynchronous compute. It's unclear what it's used for. I'm sure it will make for interesting benchmarks. I'm not sure what the value of benchmarking GameCube era games is on modern well, GPUs, so, but it's really interesting. So this is this is separate. Oh, it is. Th- this is RetroArch, which is the framework for like a bunch of different systems. I, he was just mentioning Dolphin porting to Vulkan in the beginning of the news. Oh, article, okay, okay, okay. Like I think Alan's used RetroArch in the past, haven't you? I have used Dolphin. Okay, never mind then. Dolphin I've, is a GameCube. RetroArch right. is like a you bolt in a, a NES, an NES, like okay, it's a framework for emulators. And, yeah. Okay, for a bunch of different systems, but it doesn't build in the emulation system for each console as part of RetroArch, does it? No, no you but, need, but you need a framework. For, it's like the display pipeline, I think, kind of like the engine oh. that everything. Huh. Okay, I don't know. I I really don't know much about uh, it. Lib, Lib Retro is that what we're talking about? No, we're talking about Retro Arch. Right? Uh, same thing. I think. Uh, Retro yep. Arch is most popularly known for being a program with which you can play mini emulators and games, which have been customized and tailor ported to the Lib Retro API. Fast slice, weight, lightweight, yeah, and portable. So the lib retro API. It's a simple API that allows for the creation of games and emulators. It's very simple nature, yet very powerful. Requires explanation in order to truly grasp how useful it can be. Yes, it does. Uh, lib retro GL Vulcan. What do they say? Aside from retro style games and emulators that depend on software rendering, where you typically need nothing more than the ability to render a frame buffer, the lib retro API also allows you to target OpenGL and Vulcan. This allows you to create lib retro ports that use OpenGL or Vulcan as part of their internal rendering. Hmm. From a portability perspective, we highly recommend that you try to target both so that your lib retro GL port will work on both mobile and desktop computers. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the benefit to 2D <clears throat> I don't know. emulation is for. It's neat to think about, though. For which but. games? But some, some fired engineer from Ardex <laughs> certainly knows. <laughs> yeah. AMD uh, let him go. Damn it. I'm going to program for Because there, there are some of those games that are actually trying to do 3D rendering. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. 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 Very basic polygons. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, imagine speaking, how fast you could do that. Speaking of emulation, I will be buying this next item. Ah, this is the tiny NES. I would say get in line because it seems like an awful lot of people are buying. Well, sure. Item. Well, it's not for sale yet. Yeah, uh, and it's not on pre-order. How yet. How long this is that cable? 
Uh, I hope it's, it's exactly longer than that six long. Inches. It's four inches. <laughs> uh, it, it's actually four inches, but your wife tells me it's six inches, Josh. Yeah. Um, oh. <clears throat> the NES Classic Edition is small enough to fit in the palm of your hand and offers 30 built-in classic NES games. Available holiday, $59.99. Uh, but it does come with one controller, like one normal size classic controller. That connection reminds me of... Uh, it is the same connection. That's the Wii Nunchuck. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah. if your game doesn't work, can you actually lift up the lid and blow in it? <laughs> we don't know the answer to that yet. There's, I don't think the lid will open. Maybe there's but the a power sensor. and reset button apparently are actual power buttons. The screen will just blink, it. like white and black, and then you'll have, just have to open that lid, and there's a little sensor for when you like to sense your breath. Yeah. You know? So you, just put, blow across it, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. There's no, a breathalyzer yeah. in there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really curious the hardware in this thing. Like, uh, it's probably just some simple. Could be a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's going to be an actual Raspberry Pi, but it will be built. I mean, it's going to be built just like that, right? Yeah. So it's, it, this is Nvidia doing. I'm uh, not Nvidia, but Nintendo, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. It, so yeah, this is just an actual be Nintendo like a DS. Product. It's yeah. just the same yeah. DS chips, ARM-based. Yeah. DS, because that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, I know Nintendo doesn't believe in the internet, but then why wouldn't they let you buy games on this thing? Uh, because, because they want to sell you a second one later. With different games <laughs> for fifty nine dollars. I mean, they're going for that I mean, market don't of let the Pokemon the Go fool you. They're still nuts. This over is there. a great list of games, though. If you look at this list of games, no, on the it site, isn't. Yeah, it is. Bubble Bobble, <laughs> Castlevania One and Two, Donkey Kong and Junior, Double Dragon Two, Excite Bike, the original Final. Fa- like these aren't even all first party games. Final Fantasy is goblins. on here. Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, Mario Brothers, Mega Man Two, the best Mega Man, uh, Ninja Gaiden yep. or Gaiden, Pac Man, Punch Out. Not with Mike Tyson. Yeah. But Mr. Dream. Uh, Super Mario yeah. Brothers 1, 2, and 3. Tecmo Bowl, The Legend of Zelda, and Let Zelda 2. But Tecmo it's got Ball. the crap version of Contra. I don't see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I want my Tetris. So, TMNT oh. is an awful game. Tetris 1. I know it yeah. is. Where's, where's Tetris? Super C, I would rather have regular Tetris Contra. It's great yeah. as well. Licensing issues. Yeah. That's, but, but Tetris remember, is a huge licensing problem, and I can't really blame them for yeah. that. But yeah. remember, remember Mega Man. I mean, a lot of these games, Mega Man. Come on, Tecmo Bowl. Uh, if you had these LT are all third party as, games as your had defensive man, work out, you could just ruin everybody oh, yeah, else's You just day. walk through it. Yeah. It yeah. also doesn't have ET. Also, oh, that's, 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 that's Atari. Well, oh, that's right. Right. The licensing isn't that big of an issue. They've been doing this for 10 years now. Yeah, but but in a virtual console where you can revoke the right to sell it at any time, like this is now a physical hardware sure, item that's going on a shelf. So I imagine they had to sign new deals for it. Yeah, but, but like, not all these games are very difficult. Like Dr. Mario's on here. That's awesome. I know. But yeah. for anyone who's getting tired of uh, Dark Souls, it's just too easy. Fire up Ninja Gaiden and be prepared to cry. Yeah, and Ninja Gaiden is hard. Things uh, but it was also the first game. Look at these pictures on, on uh, Amazon, Ken. Oh, it's just are. so disappointing. It could look at, be look so at the box. More. The box is amazing. It's like a little mini. Yeah, this is cool. perfect. No, this is a good. This is a good start. Yeah, it's actually actually okay. It's bigger than I thought it was. Well, that is a very small Japanese person's hand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is the like you remember ten fifteen years ago when like the. It's hard, but I'll try. The stupid Atari, like, oh, 25 in one stuff that you were plugging into the RC yeah. on your TV yeah. came out. Nintendo should have did this then. Yeah, oh, that's true. It is. It <laughs> is oh, I've got one across, over on the shelf there. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, like, I, I don't have an RCA plug into my TV anymore, <laughs> but, you know. I've got one of those uh, C64 directed TVs where the whole thing is in the joystick. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. got yep. one on that shelf over there. Yeah. 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 
Uh, it takes double batteries. Back one of those yeah. C64 ones. Yeah, you can. It had fifteen forty one like drive interface pins like yeah. on the. Yeah, PCB, if you rip like, it open. See, yeah. that's what I secretly hope the NES one is. It's not an ARM controller. It's an actual. Yeah, so you want it to be hackable. I don't. You want to have an actual oh. slot hacked onto one, to, where you you know. Don't we all want that? We actually put awesome. the cartridge into. I wouldn't do it, but it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Yeah. Is there a serial port on the back? <laughs> Let's get to our last. There's always serial <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Uh, last two of the week. First, uh, well, this one is ARM. This doesn't... I don't know what this is going to affect. ARM Holdings, otherwise known as ARM, makers of all of the processors in the world ever. Yeah, pretty um, much. On, in mobile devices, at least. Bought by SoftBank. Bought by SoftBank for $32 yep. billion dollars US. So, like, that's six Canadian dollars and probably eight and a half... No, um, no, that's pounds. That's Great like... Britain pounds. No. <laughs> like, 68 billion pound. So... Uh, ARM is being purchased um, by SoftBank. SoftBank is this kind of weird Japanese conglomerate company that owns. They own internet providers in different parts of the world. They own network. They own Sprint here in the U.S. They're kind of, t- yeah. they're kind of a telco. Uh, yeah. yeah, but they do a sort bunch of. of other stuff too, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, like the name implies. I imagine they were in the banking businesses at some point. I don't know, mm. but uh, so. Like, there's no technological things that are affected by this purchase, but Josh, what do you worry or wonder or think about the fact that ARM, you know, wanted to be sold? Like, it wasn't like a hostile takeover or something like that, right? No, they wanted to get out of Great Britain and make a Brexit, as it were. Wait, if they're sold for that much, sold from who? ARM. No, no, no. Okay. So, you know, ARM was a publicly traded corporation, right? Okay. And uh, I think the closing price uh, the day before was like 11 pounds. And these people who bought it, bought it at 17 pounds per share. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they got, you know, controlling interest. They're kind of buying it out. It's, it's will be what a wholly owned subsidiary of, of, of SoftBank. And, and uh, okay. So it'll still not be entirely on. sure what, you know, that that's going to affect trading. Right. Um, yeah. But it's uh, I don't I don't know if a whole lot is going to happen. Um, if the licensing to, stays uh, the same, it's going to be the same, right? Yeah, I think you know. If talking the licensing about changes, it would be, it would be a crap. worse buy if ARM was actually a radio uh, chip producer because then they could you know the, optimize the chips for. SoftBank's uh, Sprint uh, networks, networks and, and Sprint and stuff, and, and everybody and else gets to you know suck behind tit. Um, but they they don't. ARM doesn't do that. That's like Qualcomm and Intel and and some of these other guys with the uh, yeah. the radios and the modems. I mean, I don't think um, you buy a company for thirty two billion dollars to give yourself a fifteen percent edge in mobile. Yeah, networks. it doesn't like, make sense. But it's not. They're probably money in that looking market. at the market and saying, you know, ARM essentially owns ninety five percent of the mobile market mm-hmm. of of all handsets made, and that is never going to shrink and there are only going to be more people in the world and there's going to be more cell phones made every two years and everybody's going to buy new stuff back then. It's just, it's just a good business principle and practice to buffer your, your bottom line and that you have a performer that will do what it does every corner and do it solidly and kind of help the entire company around when, when you're looking at, at quarterly results, quarterly, Results. They're they're promising to double 
uh, overall the, the workforce around the world, not just in England. But, I mean, they've got offices in Norway, France, all over the place that, that design stuff. So I know there are a lot of uh, <clears throat> ASIC engineers that have been laid off by AMD and Intel as of late. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it will be a uh, kind of buyer's market when it, yeah. when it comes to uh, ARM, adding more people. And, and SoftBank is huge. Yep. Far larger than <laughs> ARM. Yeah. And they're you know promising a lot of, of funding that they can rely upon. Uh, to be able to do what they do and continue to do what they do and being a near monopoly in the mobile market. Yeah. We'll see. I'd have to look it up again, but the last time it was about 80-some percent of pretty much all silicon on the planet was ARM. When you get right down to the little bits and pieces that are all being yeah. sold. Yeah, I mean, like, think I of what else it. is out there. Yeah. yeah, You've got RISC. MIPS. Yeah, MIPS. Yeah. That's that's. And then you got still does make it into very, very, very cheap oh, yeah. generic Chinese oh, yeah. phones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's in phones even? Yeah. Okay. I think oh, yeah. MIPS runs on An- Android can run on MIPS. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I know that is the case from talks with imagination. So this is this is more interesting to see this. This doesn't this doesn't affect you know their roadmap potentially. This it may just affect nothing. They may just say we're going to buy you as a profit farm and keep doing what you're doing, or we may see some interesting changes over the next several years. But uh, we'll see going forward. Finally, report. NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1070M and 1060M specs are leaking out. Apparently, according to this. Um, uh, according to this report from videocards.com, this GTX 1070M will have 2048 CUDA cores, 128 more than the desktop version, which sounds insane. Yep. Right? Yeah. You think that's probably actually the GTX 1080M or know. 1080? Like, it's... remember, like, NVIDIA in recent, in recent past has gone, like, the GTX 980 for mobile was the exact same chip. As the desktop 980, yeah, just bend a little bit for lower power. Are they, wait, they're getting the number of cores from GPU-Z? Yeah. Like, I thought GPU-Z no. used a lookup table. No. Yeah. No, it does. And, and uh, Video Cards also points out the TMU count should technically be 128. So that's sort of like a, a misspelling from there. Oh. It, it's, it smells mm. a little bit fishy, but yeah. then again, who knows? Okay. Yeah, so I think the specifications are probably going to be all wrong in all of this, but uh, obviously these people are taking screenshots from notebooks, yeah. and hence while we're getting these names, right? So yep. um, my guess is that this table from video cards will be very incorrect at some point, at least the 1070. I can't imagine that the mobile 1070 would have more CUDA cores than the desktop 1070. That would be yeah. nutso. That would be silly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I could I could see them I could see them matching specs with the desktop parts with just a lower clock with just bidding it towards even like slightly lower power like keep in mind yeah. like the 1060 is a 120 watt part um, you can get away with that in bigger machines now you have to have smaller parts now you have to have 75 watt you have to have 35 watt GPUs yeah. to get into other builds but Nvidia has already shown that hey we're gonna if they're willing to put the GTX 980 which was a 165 watt mm-hmm. TDP part. Into desk into mobile machines, then I don't see a reason why they wouldn't put the 150 of the of the 1070, or maybe even the 180 of the 1080 in there. So that could be interesting. It could make for a very interesting uh, late it's, summer fall. It's the 1070 <laughs> Tim. 
Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll see what happens with all that stuff. Let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. Um, do we have to? You do. I'm having so much fun. You do. You do. Here's mine, Somebody everybody. didn't put a link in. No, I didn't put a link because there is no link. This is a oh. limited edition. It's got it right here. Uh, uh, they only made 100 of them in the world. And they sent one to me because they're suckers. Wow. So your pick of the week is something you can never buy. If my pick of the week is something. Well, maybe I'll sell it to you. Think That'd about be it. eBay. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, from Sapphire, if I can get the box of it. And it is a Sapphire Nitro robot. Uh-huh. Look at it, Alan. Is it a Gundam? You're not allowed impressed? to get mad at me for a pick ever again. Are you impressed? At least it as from a video card company. You picked rubber nubbins once. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, I've been playing with those for the past three weeks. Yep. <laughs> I'm playing with them right now. But he's been sticking them on his body and then playing with Everybody them. Everybody likes so. playing with my rubber nubbins. I always wanted to feel like a dog <laughs> with eight nipples. Eh? Eh? What do you think? About my, my robot here. Okay. It's a cool robot. It is pretty cool. It'll do right anything. It'll fit in very... Uh, no, it doesn't do anything. No, it does nothing. Um, it is supposed to excite me and interest me for their <laughs> upcoming uh, Sapphire Nitro <laughs> graphics card that is okay. on its way here tomorrow. Okay. Do you feel excited about a video uh, card by so looking e- at this robot? I am so excited. I feel excited about something. It's actually kind of cool looking. It, uh, but it does not articulate. I'm just excited for, for more Mech Warrior games that I'm never going to see. I mean... I can articulate it if I try really hard. <laughs> is it is it resin? Is it is it hard? Is it heavy? Yeah, it's, it's a solid. It's like yeah. a, it's, it looks it's plastic, but it's solid. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. solid cast plastic, and it's well painted. It looks worn. It looks it looks this will this will be yeah. uh, in the church for sure. <laughs> yes, this will be in the church of video games. They hang on the crucifix. <laughs> we have yeah. an icon. Well, I'm not going to go that far. I don't. I you know we'll see. But this is centered by Sapphire. Well, when, whenever I get that video card in, this guy will be in a couple of pictures. I think yes. it has to be, you know, maybe. Can it hold the card maybe in some way? I was going to say, yeah, is it tall enough to import, import, hold up slot one? We can't articulate maybe. it. <laughs> Do you have to import Sebastian down to get really good photography? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I keep trying to import him down, but his wife keeps... Vetoing. Yeah, un, 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 undeporting him. Yes. We'll see. One day. Uh, all right. So, Jeremy, what do you got? Well, I remember when Fallout games looked like Fallout games and not like Skyrim with guns. You're like a hundred years old. Do you know that? We've got a new one-ish, <laughs> sort of. There, there's been a group of guys who have been modding Fallout 2 for the better part of a decade now. Uh, they're Czech. And so the game's been out for a little while. That's and they've some been serious bug- dedication. Uh, they, they've been troubleshooting it. They just finished translating it into English. And as I put in there, and it shows on the screen, the original version had oh, almost two and a half million lines of text characters. Or sorry, two and a half million text characters, 80 maps, and 730 scripts. A whole bunch of quests, solvable in different ways. And from what I've been able to bash at it so far, it's in the old sort of tongue-in-cheek but not very nice style of Fallout. Some of the dialogue's a little bit uh, unpolished, but... Go back and play Fallout 1 and 2, and yes, some of the dialogue was unpolished. So a huge, huge uh, amount of work they've put into this. The mod itself is absolutely free. Uh, I picked up Fallout 2, I picked up all the Fallouts and good old games for free at one point. Uh, Both they and Steam are selling them for about 10 bucks. If you don't have them, or just hold off until the next time they're on sale, because guaranteed uh, Fallout games are going to be on sale again. Yes. And yeah, the good old isometric 
drug addiction. Yeah, that's a good point. That actually means something sort of. It's it's impressive. Give it a shot because the price is pretty damn good. Ken points out that QuakeCon is usually when they'll do Bethesda sales. Yep. So. Yep. Not even usually. Fallout will be on sale. <laughs> yeah. During okay, QuakeCon. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I guarantee it. Josh, you're up. Me. Uh, you know what? You guys have this one, and you've seemed to like it. Yep. But finally, finally, it has gone down from that three ninety nine price point oh. to something a lot more palatable, a lot more uh, competitive with the Thrustmaster Logitech G twenty nine for two ninety nine ninety nine. Thank you. All right. <laughs> it's hand stitched leather, lots of metal, mm. and uh, you know those uh, the pedals are, are kind of leather. Really, quite good. Which ver- wait, the G twenty nine is which one? Xbox or PS? That's the PS four. Okay, so which- PS four and PC. Uh, yeah, because the I think the PS four one had more buttons and knobs. It which does, does have yes. more buttons and knobs. Oh, yeah. little. Look at all those yeah. buttons. So if you're gonna- you know what, you can get the nine twenty and you can put more of your little nubbins on them and just be just <laughs> just, <happy>. just <laughs> flick them randomly. Just push the nubbins and yeah. just like you, you yeah, know, it won't actually do anything. Button, it doesn't like it. The button does nothing. All right, let's get to our last pick, Alan. All right, so uh, puzzle game, pretty addictive, pretty uh, chillax, kind of like lay back and like you know just want to dork around with the puzzle game while you're waiting for something. Sure. Uh, it's called uh, Clocky. I've been playing it since it like the day it came out, July thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty cool because it's very simplistic. There's no instructions. There's no like awards for finishing the puzzle is you there just, an arrow to direct me which direction to walk? no nothing oh. you just you just you you start with the very simple puzzle which is actually that upper right uh picture that's no no the what like that one yeah. right there that you can't click I, on i could probably figure that um out. but you just like kind of swap tiles at the beginning and then there's things that are like turntables and there's other things that you kind of like shift around and it just kind of builds the different puzzle metrics all build on themselves mm-hmm. as you go through the game, and eventually it gets to the point where if you just looked at one of those and hadn't gotten that way yourself, you'd be like, what the hell is that? You know, like to even figure out what to do, but since you kind of like go along, like that final puzzle there is pretty confusing looking, you know, if you didn't know what you were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing And it's, it's, like a, it's like a... 99 cents. Yeah, it's a buck on Steam for PC. It's also on iOS and Android, I think also for a buck. There's um, also a demo version here with different levels. Somebody <laughs> somebody made some just kind of ripped off some of the puzzles and put it on uh, a website or something. I don't know. That was posted um, by the developer, a recent update. Yeah, I don't know if it's the guy, though. It has to be. Maybe? It's right here. Oh. Clocky is my second puzzle game after successful Hook. Yeah, Hook, so, was, yeah. Hook was pretty cool, but I like the new one better. All right, All right there you go. That is our uh, picks of the week, everybody. Thank you for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast is the URL to find all the back episodes, your RSS feeds, uh, video files, anything, SoundCloud links, YouTube videos, etc. Uh, and again, make sure you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe. Sign up for our notification list. Uh, we'll send you notes. We're going to do live streams. Uh, we had to move back. The I think I talked about we were going to do a Sapphire stream this Friday, or it's going to move to next Friday now just to a delay in, in a shipping of a, of a thing. Um, not the robot. Not the robot. The robot made it here, so yeah. it's not. Relax, guys. It's not the robot. 
Um, and uh, make sure you go to PCPro.com and uh, look through the stories and the news and the reviews that we do. It's important that you do that. That's where all of our money our money gets made. So uh, mm-hmm. our final Patreon uh, updates. Jeremy Peterson updated their pledge from ten to fourteen ninety nine. Nice. So thank you very much, uh, Jeremy Hellstorm. Right. Jeremy, I'm sorry, Jeremy Hailstorm edited oh. their pledge to six sixty six. Uh and, yeah. Ooh, and look at this one. We got a brand new pledge from Charles from good old buddy Chuck. Charles in charge. Well, Charles in charge uh pledged fifty dollars wow. to the Patreon. So that means he's in charge. Must be still getting royalties from uh from the TV show, so that's nice. Chachi and Johnny. Thank you very much. All right. You know what? All right, everybody. In charge of my days and my nights. <laughs> Always the nights. Uh we'll be back next week, everyone. See you later. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Helster. And I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malbantano. Who is not and Josh. And the other Walrath. guy is Ken. There you go. And then there's, there's Ken. Alan Malbantano. Yes. Bye. <laughs>